Good afternoon. Uh, welcome to the Serious Security Seminar at Purdue University. Uh, this is the last talk of this uh, semester. Uh, it's my pleasure to introduce today's speaker, uh, Dr. Yusufar uh, Afer. Um, she's a postdoctoral researcher at Purdue University, uh, working in Professor Xiang Yuzhang's group. And her research um, tackles emerging threats of mobile and smart system. Uh, she got her PhD from uh, Syracuse University uh, with, uh, while working on Android security. Uh, actually, her uh, PhD advisor is uh, uh, Kevin Du, who, who was a PhD student here at Purdue working with uh, uh, Professor Atala in the Spafford. And so uh, Yushwa's uh, discoveries uh, directly benefited mobile vendors and led to uh, uh, multiple publications in top security venues. And she was also uh, a member of the ACM's Future of Computing Academy. And, and today, uh, Yushra will talk about uh, Android access control. So, hello, everyone. <clears throat> so I'm Yusra Afer, and um, I'm today presenting my work on normalizing diverse access control checks in Android for inconsistency detection. So uh, just like what Professor said, I'm a postdoctoral researcher here in the computer science department. I'm working with Professor Shan Yuzhang. And uh, I received my PhD from Syracuse University. I was advised by Professor Kevin Du. And uh, during my PhD studies, I had the chance to contribute to the SEED project, which is a series of exercises for security education. So I was actually quite uh, happy to be part of that project. It has a wide impact, like more than 800 universities are now using the C-Lab. So during, for my research, I collaborated with a, a number of prominent professors. So I collaborated with Professor Ning Li and uh, Professor Dunyan Shu from Purdue. And I collaborated with Professor Shanfeng Wang and uh, Han Yin and also William Ng. So I also worked in, uh, as a research intern in Samsung Research America, where I had the chance to work with more other prominent researchers. And I worked on analyzing Knox framework, which is their MDM solution. So concerning my research, so I, it's mostly system security, but particularly Android security. So when I just uh, joined uh, Syracuse, I was exploring the mobile security field, and I first worked on uh, malware detection. And then I moved to understanding some fundamental decision in the security models followed by Android. So my work led to publication in understanding multi-user framework. So we discovered some vulnerabilities in the multi-user enforcement. And then we also uncovered some uninstallation of apps, like uh, problems with uh, uninstallation of apps. So if you uninstall apps, you could have still some residue that could be security critical. And then um, uh, lastly, I tried to contribute to, the, uh, to providing another map for permission to APIs, which is a common research area in Android. There are a lot of works trying to find this. I'll talk more about it later. So another research direction that I focused on is trying to understand security hazards and the customization. So Android is actually um, very fragmented and heavily customized. So everyone in the customization chain, like vendors such as Samsung, LG, Huawei, they are free to change the AOSP versions to, to um, include their own uh, functionalities and tailored the device for their products. This customization continues by carriers, like 
Sprint can put its own system apps on the, on the phone, on the devices. And then uh, this is also even aggravated by the fast pace of uh, SDK version that Android pushes. So actually since 2008, there is more than 28 different SDKs. So all this complex uh, customization is actually under-regulated and not guided. So I thought, can I um, investigate this and find some security effects? So my investigation led to uh, two works. First, we uh, studied the hanging attribute reference vulnerabilities, uh, which uh, we called in our study hairs. So that happens when uh, vendors remove certain attributes from the phone, while those attributes are still used by other apps. So then malicious app can impersonate those missing attributes to, to receive some system privilege. And then re uh, another work that I did on the line of customization is trying to see if uh, customization leads to uh, security configuration changes. So indeed, the study revealed that we had, there is a lot of downgrades in security configurations. So like you could have this app protected on one device, but this app is not protected on another one. So the work that I'm going to talk about today is also uh, was driven by my inv investigation of the customization effects, but it led to a much more general um, uh, topic in Android. So today I'm presenting uh, my work entitled Normalizing Diverse Access Control for Inconsistency Detection. And here is the schedule. I'll start by an overview of Android Access Control model and then uh, some motivating examples why we need to, dive, uh, to normalize the access controls, and then the normalization technique that we proposed, and finally some evaluation results. As we can see here, the Android access control model is a layered uh, model. So we have three layers, the Linux, framework, and application. Uh, the Linux layer provides drivers necessary for the functionality of the phone, like GPS drivers, camera drivers. And uh, to uh, protect this Linux drivers, Linux invoked the traditional Linux DAC. Yeah, I think my computer's frozen. And then at, top of the, at the top is the framework layer, which provides uh, system services that are necessary for other apps to function correctly. Like it provides this package managers, like window managers, GPS managers. And each manager provides uh, APIs for other apps to invoke. But clearly, those APIs need to be protected. So Android enforces permissions or uh, process ID checks to make sure that the caller app is privileged enough to invoke those functionalities. Uh, a prominent thing that's um, widely used by Android is permission, which are, which are basically capabilities that an app needs to request at install time or at trend time recently in order to be able to invoke those APIs. At the top layer is the application uh, framework. So apps are actually uh, uh, also employ a set of uh, protection mechanisms to make sure that not everyone can invoke their own functionality. Like they can make sure that their own components are protected or they need permissions to be able to be invoked. So a question that I can ask here is, this uh, access control, is it effective? A lot of work in the literature try to, an to answer this question, but it's very hard to determine because there is no oracle. 
So an approximate solution is as followed by the literature is compare this excess control enforcement across multiple instances leading to the same resource and see if there is any inconsistency. So if there is any inconsistency that would potentially indicate a vulnerability. So the work uh, entitled Addicted published in SNP 2014 follow the same uh, uh, idea. So it compares driver's protection across different devices like from AOSP and let's say like Samsung device and then it reveals that certain drivers are actually underprotected in some devices. And then my work in 2016, Usenet 2016, tries to compare more access control enforcement across different layers, like permission protection levels across uh, vendors, or GID protection levels across vendors as well. And Kratos uh, analyzes the framework in an effort to uncover framework inconsistencies. So, um, but the way they do it is, they have a little bit of limitations, which make the comparison not that effective. So I'll talk more about it next, like what type of limitation they suffer from, and uh, which led actually to the, my work. So let us first look at this example of an exploitable inconsistency. So here we have two APIs on this Sony Xperia XA. The two APIs lead to shut, such shutting down the phone through the invocation of the sync, shut down or reboot internal. The first API is Power Manager Reboot, which exists in different phones, so it's not a custom API. And the second one is Device Manager.reboot, which has, be, has been added by Sony. So Power Manager.reboots enforces one permission, which is uh, Android permission reboot. It has a system level permission that is not any app can invoke them, only installed app can invoke, invoke it. But the device manager that reboot enforces a much more diverse access control. It first checks if the calling app is a system process or if the calling app holds the permission enterprise API permission, which has a normal level. And then it forces another additional access control check, which is uh, checking if the calling physical user is uh, privileged enough to call the, the sync. So at first we, we will see that this is definitely an inconsistency, but is it actually exploitable from the perspective of third-party app? So actually the, the, any app cannot invoke Power Manager direct reboot because it requires reboot permission, which is system. But it can invoke the second one because uh, enterprise API is normal permission. So, so this one indicates a vulnerability. Any app that you install on a, a Sony phone can trigger system shutdown without having any like a privilege. The previous example shows how diverse the Android access control checks are. And uh, developers do not have any gold standard to implement access control. So they can follow their own preferences to achieve some certain privilege check. Some vendor can check the calling ID is actually a system, while other can check system permission is uh, required by an app. So, uh, but also the diversity implies something else. It implies that diverse ways might achieve the same protection while they are syntactic, syntactically different. If we do not take this uh, into consideration, this diversity can lead to a significant number of false positives. Let's look at this example to understand what I mean exactly. 
So here we have uh, two APIs on Samsung 7 uh, S7 Edge. The first, the two APIs allow to install apps on the phone. Install package for NDM enforces that the caller is system and the user, the physical user, does not have restriction and inst install apps. The second one enforces that the caller in, uh, has the permission install package and it is either system or holds the permission interact across users. And last, does not have the restriction disallow and installation. Installation, sorry. So clearly they, they are very diverse uh, texts here. But from the perspective of third-party app, they are actually exactly the same. The app cannot invoke install package for MDM because it needs to be a system. And also, it cannot invoke the second one because it requires those uh, system-level permissions. So while these are syntactically different, from the semantically they are the same from the perspective of third-party app. So these are not exploitable cases. Existing works do not actually tackle this specific, uh, specific diversity of Android access control. They will flag this case as an inconsistency that requires investigation. Uh, investigation. So this is how their map would be. Basically, they will union all the permissions in a, from an API to, uh, entry point to the sink. An union of course, does not abstract the complex relationship, like there are or relationship, there is end relationship. A union will not abstract those. And also they, they only um, handle specific explicit checks. They want to uh, uncover like user diversity dimension here. So here is their proposed map. It requires for the install package as user, it states that you need all these checks in order to be able to invoke the API, which is incorrect. So to tackle this, in this work, I propose to conduct a normalization of access control, uh, access control enforcement in order to uncover exploitable inconsistencies. So we normalize various checks to a canonical value so that uh, the program semantics can be preserved. And then we also handle, handle different program structures such as if and else conditions and uh, loops or try and catch to preserve their semantic meaning. As such, we can have a much more uh, precise comparison across different implementation. Back to our motivating example, the one that had those uh, syntactically uh, different but semantically uh, equivalent checks. So my normalization will state that uh, for those two APIs, an app needs to be system, and the calling user should not have the permission, the restriction disallow install apps. So clearly, it's the same for the two one for the the two APIs, and, and thus it's not inconsistent. Okay. So uh, I'll talk more now about the categorization of access control, how we normalize them. So we first model uh, any check as a pair of app and user aspects. An app aspect aims to understand if the calling app is privileged enough to perform an operation. And the user aspect aims to check if the physical user. So in Android, you can have two different users sharing the same phone. So this aspect makes sure that a, a calling user should not be able to meddle with the, another user in the background or another user that you might give your phone to. Additionally, each aspect has multiple orthogonal dimensions. So the first dimension is uh, if the calling app is privileged. So we only check 
if it has permission or has certain UIDs. And our normalized, this one is an example of a privilege check, like to be able to reboot a phone, you need to have the permission, uh, Android permission reboot. So we, to normalize those permission, we use the traditional Android uh, protection levels. So uh, each permission in Android can be classified into a system, which is much more privileged than dangerous, and dangerous is more privileged than normal. So we follow this classification to normalize uh, the checks. Other checks can be based on package properties, like in order to invoke an API, you need to be platform signed or signed by Samsung or something similar. Norm our normal normalization also handles the program structures. So uh, here we have an example where we need two different permission in order to invoke an API. You need both of them. It's not like an or, it's an and. So uh, to handle this case, we first map those two permissions to their protection level. The first one is normal, the second is uh, system. So intuitively, we can take the max of this permission as the normalized value. And then the second structure is um, uh, related to the if and else structure, or try and catch structure. So to be able to get a subscriber ID in this case, an app needs to either hold the read privileged phone states or read phone states. So to normalize those, we map each one, one of them to their protection level first. And then we take the minimum of them, because an app needs to only hold one of them. So we take the minimum. Okay. And now the second dimension is related to uh, whether the calling is, uh, calling app actually owns a resource. So this one is an example. If an app is trying to delete its own uh, data, it doesn't need to hold any permission. It just needs to, to, uh, to match the calling UID and the parameter that it uh, supplies to this API. The third one is some checks aimed to check if the calling is, uh, is background or foreground user. Like if, uh, if an app runs in the background, it shouldn't be able to, to perform some operations. Similarly, the user aspect has multiple dimensions, like is the user privileged? owns a resource, or running in the background, or has a restriction. Okay. So next I'll discuss how we uh, model security checks for a single API. We have this API called Network Policies that allows to return policies installed on the phone. So first it checks if the calling uh, app holds the permission Manage Network Policy, and then it checks if, if the caller holds either Read Privileged Phone States or Read States. If so, it returns the policies. So to model this case, we first start down like uh, by the access control at the last layer. Uh, we map the two permissions to their pr uh, privilege uh, protection level. And then since this one is an OR condition, we propagate their minimum to the next layer. So here it's normal. And then we map manage network policy to its own uh, protection level, which is system. Now we have an AND and OR, so we map them to the MAX, which is system. So at last, uh, our solution says that for get network policy, you need to be system. So it's a very concise presentation of the access control checks enforced. Then next, I uh, leverage my uh, solution to do two types of uh, analysis. We performed in-image analysis and cross-image analysis. 
For the in-image analysis, we aim to compare access control to the same resource to discover discrepancies. So basically, within the same phone, you have two APIs leading to the same resource. Like you could get GPS using API 1 and GPS location using API 2. So we wanted to see if these two APIs have the same uh, enforcement within the same device. And the second one is cross-image analysis. So this one aims to find inconsistencies across two different images. So we perform, um, we categorize images based on them vendors or uh, carriers or versions, and then we compare their APIs. So we want to see, for example, is Samsung S7 Edge enforcing the same access control as a Samsung 7 S9? So our analysis works as follows. We take uh, first uh, an Android ROM, and then we process it and extract all the system services and entry point collections. And then we statically uh, derive a call graph for uh, each entry point. And then we process each call graph to extract the security enforcement. For the in-image in analysis, we further uh, group those uh, entry points to, to do a convergent analysis. So we need to see if two APIs lead to the same resource. So we do convergence based on that. And then we compare all the ones that lead to the same resource. And we compare their security checks to find inconsistencies. The cross-image analysis is similar, but it's, uh, as I said, across images. So we compare the security enforcement across the same entry point leading to the same resource through devices. And then we find inconsistencies. So I leverage my solution to uh, conduct uh, a large-scale an analysis on um, 12 different Android devices. So the devices are from Google and from Samsung, LG, HTC, and, X and Sony. And they also belong to different SDKs. So here we started our analysis on 5.2 uh, and then 2.7. <coughs> Please note that uh, we purposely took very old uh, SDKs to see if there is any like tendencies of upgrades or downgrades of protections across the, the images. We also took, like from the same vendor, we took multiple uh, models, like uh, we took this S6 Edge and uh, Tab S from Samsung. So each column and row here presents a single device specification and the cells present the true positives over the reported inconsistencies. So uh, you might wonder what is true positive. True positive is the cases that we are sure it's inconsistent. Some of them were not, we're not sure because of some limitation. The limitations are due to the static analysis problems. Like this is inherent in um, all the static analysis tools. And also because there is this uh, specific characteristic of Android implementation. So you might have an API that's implemented partially in Java and also in native. So my analysis only tackles the Java layer. So, layer. so if there is any problems or any inconsistency at the native layer, we won't be able to find it or also to confirm it. So, uh, but please note that our analysis, the true positives, achieved 63% increase over Kratos, the earlier work that I talked about. Specifically, to come up with these numbers, we uh, compared our approach to a simulated version of Kratos because it's not open source. And then we uh, tried to, to run their inconsistency detection using their uh, algorithms. And uh, we found out that uh, uh, we, we can um, uh, significantly increase their true, uh, true, posit true positive, uh, true, uh, sorry, we can decrease their true positives by 
The cross-image analysis uh, results are in this table. First, uh, as we can see here, there is a lot of inconsistencies within and across vendors. So across different vendors, uh, we have an example like Samsung S6 Edge. If we compare its counterparts on Nexus, uh, then we see that there are 21 actual inconsistencies. Further, if we compare Samsung S Tab to S6, there is 12 inconsistencies. So it's actually the same vendor, but different devices. Still, there is inconsistencies. So um, further, we, wa we wanted to see if normalization really helps. So we, the, the results that I reported earlier were, without, uh, were conducted after normalization. So here, we report the results if we actually do the normalization, uh, no normalization at all. As we see in the table, there is a tremendous number of uh, inconsistencies. It's very difficult to go through each one of them manually. Uh, like uh, even if we compare Samsung S7 Edge with that of Nexus 5, we have 562 uh, vulnerabilities, uh, inconsistencies. But only 39 of them are actually true positives. So we can reduce these true positives from um, 523 to 12 uh, false positives. On average, if we compare like all the results that we got, we can reduce the false positives from 229 to 13 instances. So last, um, we wanted to um, evaluate how uh, those inconsistencies are important. So uh, we, we uh, analyzed all the reports that we got and, uh, and found 73 were actual inconsistencies. There were, those are uh, unique inconsistencies. Some of them might be shared across devices or models or SDK updates. So uh, of course, we cannot manually analyze or those 73 inconsistencies. So we took the ones that we had the device for. And uh, um, uh, we proved that 27 were uh, vulnerabilities. The, the ones, they were from Samsung and LG, HTC. We reported those to the corresponding vendors. And uh, Samsung and LG have confirmed the attacks. And uh, Sony also confirmed it just recently. So uh, in total, we have 20 confirmed attacks. Samsung even published uh, like our reports in its security bulletin. And uh, LG later uh, acknowledged two vulnerabilities that we reported as critical. So the next, the table here uh, summarizes some of the important or high-impact attacks that we found. Uh, we categorize them on uh, uh, to two categories, denial of service attacks and uh, privilege escalation attacks. So uh, just to name a few, for Samsung devices, we were able to uh, manipulate a lot of SMS-related functionalities, like sending SMS messages, uh, including premium messages without any permission, or denial the receipt of incoming messages. And also, um, on the same like Samsung devices, we uh, were able to disable or, or enable Bluetooth and bypassing and forging user, user restriction. The, this bypassing or using, uh, forging user per, uh, permission restrictions uh, was ranked as a high uh, uh, vulnerabilities by Samsung because it can lead to users bypassing their own restrictions. And last, we also uh, for LG, we're able to uh, uh, 
tap uh, to uh, lock the screen tab. So if the user taps on something, we can infer those taps. So we developed a key logger based on that. And we are, we are able to inject keys on the, the tab. So even if the user does not do anything, you could uh, uh, trigger a tab. And then uh, lastly, we d uh, have a lot of uh, denial of service attacks on Sony devices, like uh, unmount the SD card permanently or turning off Wi-Fi permanently and uh, manipulating Bluetooth similarly or manipulating uh, network firewalls. Okay, I, I guess I reached the end of my presentation. It was quite fast. <laughs> this is, I'm happy to take any questions. So you, in your analysis, you have a lot of old uh, Android operating systems. Uh, do you believe like your current uh, models and tools used in your analysis uh, will scale to uh, modern Android operating systems to oh. try and find inconsistencies between like uh, and like let's just say like Android Pi, uh, which is like Android 9.0 and Android 8.0? Um, like, yeah. Do you think it would scale really well? Yeah, it is. Yeah, actually, we we have extended our tool to to handle specific characteristics of the newest versions. And it's just, it just works just exactly the same as in the previous ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm.